You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 253 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor of the Hockey News Montreal, the founder and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens, how are you doing today, Rick? Doing great, Michael. Glad uh, to be here. Glad to have you here. Glad to have all our listeners here. And uh, I know it's it's uh, the third week of July, but when you do the math, it's only seven and a half weeks to the Montreal Canadiens rookie camp. Um, and we're going to be talking about that today, amongst other things. Yeah, really awesome show lined up today. Uh, we'll get you up to date on everything Montreal Canadiens news-wise. And then in segment two, we have a very, very special guest. Uh, we have Marty Biron, who's going to join the chat and talk about goaltending. And then in segment three, it's a Have Your Say segment. Our Canadiens Connection question of the week is, are you worried about the potential of losing Caden Primo on waivers this season? We want to hear from you. And Rick, what's the best way for our listeners to reach out and let us know? You can reach out to us. Uh, we've set up a text line, a Rocket Sports text line. That number is 5853-ROCKET. Easy to remember, 5853-ROCKET. Text us anytime, 24 hours a day. If you've got a little bit more to say, you can reach out to us via email. That address is hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, check out the website, canadiansconnection.fm. Now, we have a couple of light stories to start off the show. Uh, first off, Kirby Doc has posted some surfing photos on his Instagram, and it includes a video. And honestly, I've never seen somebody so relaxed and zen while being on a surfboard. <laughs> and he says it's his token or annual um, uh, surfboard picture. Um, you know, we see a lot of, of uh, photos these are, or a lot of video these days and stories of players on the ice. Um, we talked about Yuri Slavkovsky last year, uh, last week, um, and he's in Slovakia and he's, uh, in, you know, he's wearing glasses, he's wearing a mask, he's, he's improving himself on ice, as all players do. Cole Caulfield this past week was... Uh, had VR glasses on uh, while he was on the ice. So it's nice to get a glimpse 
of the players who are relaxing because, you know, uh, it's it's a long year, physically tough, mentally tough. And to see Kirby Doc uh, on a surfboard um, in northern Alberta, um, they have a Kirby grew up northeast of Edmonton and, and the family has a, a lake house. Uh, up in northern Alberta, and and, uh, Kirby has said in the past that's the place he goes to uh, relax and to catch up with his his family, his parents, his brother and sister. Um, And he looks pretty natural uh, on on the surfboard, and and water skiing is something he does as well, and apparently he credits his mom, his mom Hillary, for that, uh, that she is an avid water skier, and that uh, that's something the whole family likes to do. And some big news for those who are fans of both Jack Eye Brothers. Uh, it seems like they're going to be doing a meet and greet pretty soon. Uh, next weekend, uh, Saturday, July 29th, from 2 to 4 p.m. Um, and this is at the, let me just see here, Endzone Bar and Grill in Hamilton. Both Arbor and Florian Jack Eye are going to be there. Uh, meet and greet with with their fans. And uh, that was put out by uh, on Twitter by... Um, their mom, um, who's pretty pretty active and pretty proud of, of her boys. Uh, so this seems like a, a fun event for those of you in the Hamilton area next weekend. So be sure to check out Habs Notepad, Habs Headlines, and feature articles throughout the week uh, during this busy off-season at THN.com slash Montreal. In roster news, uh, Caden Gooley is spending the summer in Montreal, and uh, I can confirm Montreal is a great place to be during the summer. Uh, is there any idea what he's going to be doing here in Montreal, Rick? He's um, he, This is his, his first summer in Montreal um, completely, um, and he, he spends till about noon um, at the rink or, or uh, the weight room um, in, in Broussard. Um, and then his afternoons, the rest of the day, uh, is, uh, is his own. He lives in Griffintown, uh, near the canal and, and he likes to play golf in the afternoon. Um, but this week he was, um, he was on TSN 690. Um, and, uh, of course, everybody's wondering, um, how his recovery he had, uh, not one, but two injuries, uh, or re-injured, uh, himself, uh, this past year, his, his rookie season, and uh, we're going to play a clip. He had some positive news for Canadians fans. Feeling good now. Um, back to back to 100%, and um, be ready to go for camp. So um, that's always always uh, tough to to have injuries, and um, you know having the first one there and coming back. I think I played maybe eight to ten games. I don't even know how many games I played, and then kept going back down with another season-ending injury is tough and um, tough on the uh, tough on the brain and. Uh, Kind of mentally, it's more tough than anything, and um, I mean, especially as a young guy, you want to be on the ice as much as you can and and playing games and stuff, just kind of learning the game. So it was tough. It was tough him watching. Um, he was having a good season. He was having an impact. He was uh, becoming a leader on the ice, um, and and yeah, the injuries uh, were tough, um, both physically and and mentally. Um, although he said the the silver lining was. Uh, that he was able to be in the press box for each game and watch and and learn some things, and that he said the game really slows down up there, and you you can you can see how plays unfold. Um, but the best news of that little clip is that he says he's hundred percent and and is going to be ready for camp. 
Uh, certainly looking forward to watching him this upcoming season. I think he's got some high expectations, and uh, the fact that he's feeling at 100% is uh, really, really good for him. A uh, young player, you hate to see those guys get big injuries like he just did this past season. But uh, like you said, uh, nice that he's fully recovered now. Absolutely. Uh, there's a report coming from Radio X, that's C-H-O-I-F-M, uh, saying that David Reimbacker suffers from Osgood Schlatter disease. Uh, this was a bit of an interesting one. Uh, we saw this pop up uh, in the news in various places, and then it just kind of disappeared not too long after. Uh, Osgood Schlatter disease is a swelling and irritation on the growth plate at the top of the shin bone. Uh, so you can see where that might affect uh, a hockey player quite a bit with skating. And uh, Rick, what can you tell us here? Because this whole thing unfolded in kind of a bizarre way. Yeah, um, and and listen carefully and listen right to the end because uh, this is uh, this is an important um, uh, story if true, um, but we don't know anything. We don't really know if it's true. We don't really know um, the, the 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 whole context, the whole story. Um, but we're going to tell you what we do know. This started, as you said, it was uh, a, a report on on Radio X. It was a uh, um, reporter from uh, Don Le Calice, uh, Maxime Truman. Um, and as it turns out, um, his son has uh, Osgood Schlatter, and he's a soccer player. Um, he was one of the small minority of, of um, athletes who needed surgery. He had uh, a couple of surgeries. Um, but as you said, this is, this is um, a lesion. It, it's... I think it's mislabeled a disease. It's, it's, it's a benign condition usually. Um, and it's just pain and swelling, uh, that comes, uh, as a combination of, of growing athletes, um, and these growth spurts, uh, combined with the overuse of, of, um, that particular area of the body. Um, and it usually presents as, as a small bump just below the knee where the tendon, uh, kind of connects, um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's inflammation. Um, and it's, um, as I said, kind of benign. It's dealt with, uh, with, with rest mostly. Um, and, uh, most, most, uh, teens, most athletes, uh, grow out of this. Uh, and, and as I said, five to 10%, uh, requires surgery. Now he brought this forward and said that, uh, David, uh, Reinbacker was suffering from this condition, um, and the good folks at uh, TBS Sports um, picked up the phone and contacted um, the head coach of Cloton in, in Switzerland. His name is Jeff Tomlinson, and uh, he denied the story. He said, "No, um, it's it's not uh, it's not it's it's not true." Um, then he he went to the team doctor and said um, that. Uh, absolutely not. He doesn't have this condition. However, towards the end of the season, and I'll quote, towards the end of the season, we noticed a little inflammation is in his knees, but it was due to uh, wear and tear. Um, the doctor told us that it was a little inflammation in both knees and nothing serious. Um, and and we know that um, that there was uh, David Randbacker, he missed a couple of games because of a um, a big hit that he took uh, that was at the end of his season, um, but just missed a couple of games. And, and it said uh, he had some 
some knee pain in that. So um, the next part of this is is interesting that um, after that was reported, and it was it was also um, there's a uh, a former um, Montreal media um, mainstream media um, uh, personality, let's call him. Who has a YouTube show and and he's he he blew this issue up, um, and and I think that that um, after that it just kind of disappeared. It was expunged from the Don Lacalle's site. It was taken out of all of their tweets. Just completely disappeared. So you had the 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 rumor, the story. Uh, then you had it. Um, being denied by the, the folks in Cloton, that Montreal Canadians didn't um, didn't comment on this at all, and then it's completely disappeared. Uh, so, so draw your own conclusions. We're presenting it, um, and it's something that you know we don't. I stress to to all the folks within within Rocket Sports, we don't need to be first. We need to be right, um, and and so. We're anxious to present you all the information, um, and uh, you know it. It it doesn't appear as if this. Well, it it, it isn't a confirmed condition by anyone. Um, and then with uh, Don Lacalle's backing away from it so quickly, either there wasn't a grain of truth to it, or uh, they've been pressured to to remove that. Um, and and we don't know. We we don't know. Uh, you know what the case might be. So um, we thought it was responsible to present it, to present it how it happened to you here, and um, I think this is something that I expect the Canadians will be asked about this. I expect that uh, David Reinbacher will be asked about this in the future. Yeah, absolutely. At our last little bit of roster news, uh, there are reports that Michael Pozzetta received some on-ice fighting lessons from George Laroc. And that's certainly a, a guy to learn some fighting from. Uh, when you, uh, when George Rollerock was asked about this, he said uh, for several years now he has been training players to defend themselves or to fight on the ice. Uh, he's never really shared anything publicly uh, because he respects players' privacy. And uh, he also mentions that this is not something he's looking to do on a full-time basis given his very busy schedule. Um, I, I'm just going to back up uh, a second. And uh, again, this story came out from Don LaCalice. And before you say, oh, those guys, you know, what, are they ever, what have they ever gotten right? They got this right. And the way this played out, uh, they reported this, that, uh, that uh, Michael Pacetta was getting um, lessons, uh, f- um, on, on ice flighting lessons from George LaRock. Um, George LaRock was asked for comment, and he said, no, absolutely not. That's absolutely false. That never happened. And Don LaCalle said, oh, here's, uh, you want to take a look at the video? And they posted the video. <laughs> and following that, George said, oh, well, now that, now that uh, Don LaCalle has published the video, I, I can't really deny it anymore. Um, and then went on to, as, as you said, uh, said that um, that it's something he has done uh, quietly over the years. Um, and, and from the looks of it, it, it looked like he was getting lessons, Michael Pozzetta, that is, was getting lessons on uh, from George on how to grip the opponent's jersey uh, during a fight. Um, that, that seemed to be what was going on. That was happening at Broussard. Uh, it was during 
um, they were on one corner of the ice while there were some youngsters on the ice um, playing and whatnot. Um, and they, there's this video. So um, I thought it was interesting, the response from George LaRock. I mean, he's played a little fast and loose with the truth in the past. He denied, denied, denied. And then when presented with the evidence said, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess it did happen. <laughs> Uh, nothing wrong with Michael Pizzetta reaching out to get some fighting lessons from him. I think that's uh, it's an important thing to try and learn before you go out and take on that type of a role. Sometimes you see it uh, with rookies uh, approaching one of the veterans after a practice or a skate and uh, seeing, okay, how do I grip this? What do I do with the jersey? That sort of thing. So uh, nice to see that uh, Michael Pizzetta has reached out to a longtime hockey player for help on that. And I'll just add one thing, um, because I, th- I think you're right. It, it is important. And George LaRock in his t- uh, tweet says, and I'll quote, even though Michael isn't the biggest player, he plays big. He's not afraid and will defend his teammates to death. And I think that's absolutely true. And that's, uh, that's one of the reasons that Michael Pizzetta got the contract that he did. Um, and I, I think the contrast is, is interesting because Michael Pizzetta isn't the size of a George LaRock. George LaRock was a heavyweight enforcer, and George LaRock would not, uh, at least when he was with the Montreal Canadiens, would not defend his teammates to the death. Uh, he cho- he picked and, and chose his fights very carefully, and sometimes it was other players who had Tom Kostopoulos would, would get in the way, or um, Ryan O'Byrne, or, or, um, or others that would have to step up. Um, because of, of George LaRock's code. So I think he makes an important distinction here about Michael uh, Pizzetta, and, um, and we respect Michael Pizzetta uh, for ha- always having um, the best interests of his teammates at heart. Absolutely. And now is a good time to get to our prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report. Your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. The Laval Rocket have made yet another signing as they signed defenseman Christopher Maurizier-Ortiz to a one-year two-way AHL contract. Uh, this player spent last season within the Penguins organization with the, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins and the Wheeling Nailers of the ECHL. Uh, he spent the majority of the time in the ECHL, though. That's right. Um, over over his career, he's an undrafted player. Um, he has 23 games in the AHL, 98 games in the ECHL. So um, you expect that that a player like this is going to um, start uh, with the Trois Rivières Lions and and will be there um, as an injury replacement as the season goes on. Uh, if necessary, um, he he's uh, played in the queue um, uh, with Baycomo mostly, um, and so uh, the Canadian scouts are are familiar with him. Uh, the Canadians' prospects will participate in a rookie tournament from September 15th to 18th in Buffalo, New York. Uh, they'll be playing games against the Sabres, the Bruins, and the Senators' prospects. Uh, this is a tournament that I always look forward to watching. Uh, the dreaming quality is a little bit hit and miss, but nonetheless, it is fun to watch this and see how uh, the different uh, teams' prospects uh, level up against each other. So as, as I mentioned from the outset, uh, rookie camp is seven and a half weeks away, starting on uh, September 13th in Broussard. Uh, they'll have um, 
the medical testing and, and whatnot at the beginning, then a day of practice, and then they'll head to Buffalo. This is actually a six-team tournament with uh, uh, the Canadians, with, with the host Buffalo, Boston Bruins, New Jersey Devils, Ottawa Senators, Pittsburgh Penguins. But as you said, the Canadians will only play three of those teams, three games, um, the Sabres, Bruins, and Senators. Um, and uh, that team will be, and, and that camp will be directed by Laval head coach, uh, Jeff Uhl. The Athletic put out a ranking of their top 50 drafted NHL prospects. Uh, you'll see a few Canadians on this list. Uh, David Reinbacker comes in at number 20. Lane Hudson comes in at 27. Owen Beck, Sean Farrell, Philippe Michard, and Joshua Waugh all got honorable mentions. So uh, top 50 drafted prospects. What does that mean? Um, well, it's Scott Wheeler's list. Um, and he has a criteria uh, about being not a, not a full-time NHL player, being under 23 years old. Um, so that's going to eliminate some of, of the Canadians' uh, prospects. Uh, and as you look uh, through the list, it's made up of players from the 2023 draft, 2022 draft, 2021 draft, and uh, five players from the 2020 draft. I think this is a good news, bad news situation. Um, we know that uh, um, you know this was an extremely str- uh, strong draft that just happened in 2023, um, and yet you, you look at you know Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, they have five prospects on this list. The Blue Jacks, Blue Jackets have four, as you said. The Canadians have two. Um, you know this this. The, the 2023 draft prospects dominate li- this list. Uh, the top five prospects are all from the 2023 draft. Number one, Connor Bedard. Number two, Matt Vemichkov. Number three, Adam Fantilli. Number four, Leo Carl- Carlson. Number five, Will Smith. And number six, if we just go one more from last uh, year's draft, that's Logan Cooley, uh, who we, I, I think we both uh, very much like in, liked mm-hmm. in last year's draft. Uh, so for, I said good news, bad news. For the Canadians, um, with uh, the number of picks, they, uh, the number of prospects they have and the prospect pool they have, you don't like to see David Reinbacker at number 20. Um, you know, Scott Wheeler says he'll become a good NHLer, um, not necessarily elite. Um, the great news is that Lane Hudson is uh, ranked so highly um, and that's based on on his freshman year at Boston University, um, and that that he's unlike many other uh, players in the draft. The way he can uh, dominate on the offensive side, the way he can move, the way he's shifty, um, and and uh, does so, you know, makes plays uh, in in a calm, calm way. Uh, just one of the, as as Scott Wheeler said, one of the most clever players in this this grouping. Um, and Wheeler expects uh, him to be a dominant offensive defenseman, I'm quoting now, and a, a, a power play one quarterback. Um, so I think that's great news for, um, for Lane Hudson. I, I don't think it's going to help uh, the, the folks who are upset by um, the Canadians passing on Matt Vemichkov. Um, and, of course, this is, uh, this is his opinion Uh, And we're going to have to see how this all plays out. So you can find all our content about Canadians prospects at THN.com slash Montreal. 
For our quotes of the week, uh, the NHL put out their Welcome to the NHL 2023 draft. Uh, this premiered on Friday featuring uh, Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, Will Smith, uh, Oliver Moore, Oliver Bonk, uh, Carrie Terrence, and Jacob Fowler, who was drafted by the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, this was a really awesome video to tune into and watch. It really gives you an inside perspective of what it's like to go to the NHL draft, especially from the perspective of those uh, families of the prospects being drafted and we have three different quotes coming from Jacob Fowler and uh, the first one here uh, Jacob Fowler is just going to introduce himself. I'm Jacob Fowler. I'm 18 years old. I'm a goaltender from the Youngstown Phantoms. Can't even describe how excited I am. You know, my game's pretty simple. I think it's, I'm super structured in the way I play. You know, I don't like to be out of position. I don't like to be kind of sprawling around on my back too much. He's a technical goaltender. We told you that before. Uh, you hear that, that his words are accompanied by music. Yes, uh, this this was from, uh, the quotes are taken from the video, Welcome to the to the NHL 2023 draft. Um, and, and, and yes, I, I highly recommend this. Um, I, I know personally when we, when we go to the draft, uh, for me, um, in addition to, to seeing how the Canadian, who the Canadians pick and, and, uh, and all the different per, uh, play, uh, players and, and staff from the NHL teams at the draft, my favorite part is the families. And we've often sat uh, with the families and talked with the families. Uh, I remember having long talks with Travis Konechny's uh, family um, and how excited they are, were. Um, and and this video gives you, uh, as you said, kind of a behind-the-scenes insight into how the families uh, are feeling, uh, how the prospects are feeling. Um, and, and uh, you know, they, they certainly pick the right ones with... Uh, a lot of the prospects at the top of the draft, but then, um, wow, uh, lucked out with with uh, Jacob Fowler um, picking a goaltender and, and having his comments. Um, one of my favorite parts uh, was um, um, there was fans came up to uh, Radic Bonk and uh, Oliver Bonk, uh, Radic Bonk being the, the NHLer, uh, Oliver Bonk taken by the Flyers, um, and, um, you know, fans came up and, and asked Radek Bonk, can we have an autograph? And being a former NHLer, uh, he's sure. And he's getting ready to get his pen out and they bypass him and go right to his son, Oliver, uh, <laughs> the, the prospect. So I thought that was fabulous. But, uh, as, uh, back to Jacob Fowler, as we've said before, uh, he's a quote machine. He's very personable. His family is as well. Uh, and it was a real treat uh, seeing seeing them in in uh, the behind the scenes look. Yeah, and our next quote from uh, Jacob Fowler. It's talking about his outlook on draft day. To me, it's not a matter of how early or how late. It's when your name gets called. Just enjoying it and soaking it all in because uh, you only get drafted once. You only get drafted once, so don't focus on. Uh, you know what number you were, or or uh, who t- t- who selected you. Uh, just just enjoy the moment. Uh, you've worked hard for this, and and I think that that uh, he's he obviously prepared well for um, for this draft event. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, honestly, that's got to be such a great moment for a young player and his family. Our uh, final uh, quote from Jacob Fowler, he's talking about uh, his reaction being uh, selected by the Canadians and uh, what his family reacted to as well. 
Next order of selection is the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal Canadiens are proud to select from Youngstown, Jacob Fowler. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my god! I knew it! I knew it! Oh my god! Welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to have you. Congrats. Welcome. Thank you so much. Congratulations. You got a lot of family up there? Yeah, let's just say they're pretty ecstatic That's right awesome. now that I'm going back up there. My grandfather, he passed last year, and uh, his wife, She's a French-Canadian, and I learned a lot about the city. I've been there a bunch of times, and looking forward to spending a lot more time up there. What a jersey this oh, is, huh? Oh, man. I've been showing the picture of Jacob as a baby with his Canadian's mini stick. It was his security item that he carried around, and it's just so amazing that he's come full circle. My dad, even though I'm a hockey fan, he would wear a Montreal Canadiens t-shirt, but no. To have it come around to Montreal just means so much. You know, I think there's a lot of pressure that comes with playing for the Canadians in a market like that with such a historic franchise. They're so passionate. They want to win so bad. I want to make my mark on, on Montreal and, you know, be a part of this franchise to get where they want to be. Um, very mature. Um, he knows what to expect, uh, and he's ready for it. He embraces it. Um, but, uh, you know, and we've told you before, that uh, the family has connections uh, to Montreal, uh, that, uh, that the grandfather, um, who passed last year, unfortunately, uh, was married to a, a, a Quebec lady, and, and uh, so uh, they would make frequent trips to, to Montreal. Um, and, and Jacob explained that. He was emotional. The dad, um, Jay Fowler, he was very emotional, and he heard uh, the mom, Carrie, talk about uh, the mini stick with the Canadian's mini stick uh, uh, that Jacob had and, and all of them uh, just are, are, were so excited and so happy that he was picked by the Canadians. Yeah, uh, you can hear him getting very emotional about uh, that whole situation. Uh, very raw kind of a guy as well. So I'm looking forward to having him within this organization. And uh, honestly, what a great moment for him and the family. So if you haven't checked out this video, definitely head over and uh, watch that full thing. Uh, you will not regret it. Absolutely. Uh, ending things off, we have some uh, hockey news and notes from around the league. Uh, starting here, uh, the NHL presented their Stanley Awards this week, uh, recognizing uh, the front office achievements, and uh, the Montreal Canadiens were named Social Media Club of the Year. So that means uh, they're recognizing the overall excellence of a club's social media team, including maximizing the team's official social media channels to engage existing fans and capture the attention of new fans and outs with outstanding creativity and proven instinct to in to innovate within the NHL. And uh, Rick, uh, I've watched the Montreal Canadian social media for a while. Congrats to them for winning this award. I don't know that that description really fits what <laughs> they do with their social media. Yeah, um, and, and we've been um, we've offered constructive criticism uh, over the the last year or so. Um, I think I think maybe where they excel, maybe where they stand out is the the way they use Twitch and they use it uh, often and they use it effectively and they bring um, Canadians players to that platform. Um, it's not something that uh, all people use. It's not something. It's something very um, a niche market of of fans. Um, but I would say they do it well. 
um, on on the more popular uh, social media platforms, whether it be um, Twitter, especially uh, Facebook, Instagram. I, I I don't think they really necessarily measure up. Yeah, and that's a fair point too. I do think what they've been able to put onto Twitch is really cool with their live streams and whatnot. But also, like you said, on a lot of the mainstream socials, I don't know that they really measure up compared to a lot of other NHL teams. Yeah. Um, the Athletic put out an article entitled "Which Teams Have Improved the Most This Off Season." Uh, coming at number one, you see the Dallas Stars. Number two, the Red Wings, who acquired DeBrincat. Number 32, it's the Boston Bruins, so that's kind of yeah. nice to see there. Yeah. <laughs> but Montreal, they come in at number nine. Um, notable uh, moves this offseason for Montreal, uh, adding in Alex Newhook and then subtracting Joel Edmondson and Jonathan Drouin. Uh, interesting uh, that, you know, the fans uh, are, must be saying, wait a minute, Canadians didn't do a whole lot in the offseason. They were more or less absent from the free agent frenzy. Uh, but they come in in the top 10 in most improved. Um, and it's interesting. This is this is done uh, by The Athletic every year. Uh, Dom Lesition, uh he has a model uh, that he uses uh, to, to make the calculations. Um, and I'm going to get his net rating model that he uses. Uh, so this is simply plugging in uh, the players and and spitting out a number and uh, what you get out is is uh, the goal differentials um, from one year to the next um, and the Canadians um, you know does the model treat Alex Newhook favorably uh, no actually it doesn't um, the from the article it says the Canadians pay, paid a premium for Newhook they sure did and while and the model isn't quite sold on him yet so how's the where's the gains come from well the gains come from the deletions uh jonathan Drouin and joel edmondson as you said and particularly uh with the deletion of uh of uh joel edmondson uh it says that joel edmondson was once a defensive beast for the canadians but those days are long gone and the canadians are much better with him out of their lineup um and we can add that that uh, he had last year played 61 games, uh, some injury problems uh, for the remainder of the games. Uh, Joel Edmondson had a team worst uh, goal differential, a minus a plus minus of of minus 29. Uh, if you look at turnovers, uh, he created 12 turnovers and caused gave up uh, 71 turnovers. So, um, you know, addition by subtraction is the way. <laughs> Uh, this model uh, has got the Canadians up in the top 10. Yeah, and I think uh, we also have to note that the offseason is far from over at this exactly. point. Uh, we're, we're still waiting on a Tarasenko contract. I'm sure that will change things drastically. And uh, beyond Tarasenko, I don't know that there was really a big fish in the free agency pool. So uh, not a ton of big moves for any of the teams. And uh, those who did make some moves, I think it really helped them out quite a bit. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have hired Guy Boucher as their assistant coach. He'll be running the power play. Uh, we'll see what he can do in this position. His last stint uh, as an NHL coach was with Ottawa. Started off great and ended terribly. Uh, same thing in his uh, other uh, position as a coach in the NHL with Tampa Bay. Started off great, 
ended horribly. Uh, I don't know if this is going to guarantee that the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, lose in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final and then implode the following season. (laughs) We'll see what he can do. Uh, To me, this is kind of interesting that they're bringing in someone that's very experienced, especially as a head coach, uh, behind Sheldon Keefe. I wonder if there's going to be a plan for Guy Boucher to potentially be that predecessor, but uh, I don't want to speculate too much on that. Yeah, there's, uh, listen, I'm sure in our audience, uh, there are backers of Guy Boucher. There there are those fans uh, in Quebec who really appreciate uh, what he did. There's other uh, who are, are detractors, and um, it's been a while since he's uh, positively affected an NHL team. Um, and in, in this case, uh, uh, there was a vacancy because Spencer Carberry, a former assistant in Toronto, went to Washington. Uh, so I think uh, kind of big shoes to fill, and uh, we'll see if he uh, makes an improvement or makes a mess, and, and we'll be quite fine with the latter. Uh, thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, in terms of a good assistant coach hiring, uh, the Washington Capitals have hired C- Kirk Muller uh, to be an assistant there. Uh, former Montreal star. I kind of like this for Washington. Yeah, I like it too. As I said, Washington uh, is going with a new uh, head coach. So having uh, some experience, some NHL coaching experience behind the bench and Kirk Muller. Um, I, you know, the interesting part of this is that Kirk Muller was one of the few um, who was able to write a playbook to shut down uh, Alex Ovechkin, and, and we saw that happen very effectively uh, in the Canadiens' playoff run. Uh, and so the, the Capitals kind of smart, uh, not wanting anyone else to have that knowledge bring him into the Capitals. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last week we were talking about the Alex Galchenyuk saga in Arizona, uh, having presses charged against him, having his contract terminated. Uh, well, Galchenyuk did release an apology, and uh, I'm hoping that after all this craziness, this whole thing just comes to an end. Yeah, this is as we said last week. It's not something we really want to dwell on. Um, I think that uh, Alex Galchenyuk did the right thing. Um, he issued two apologies, uh, one essentially to... Uh, the police force, who he, whom he was very abusive towards, and another uh, to the um, Arizona Coyotes who terminated his contract and their fans. Um, whether that's enough, I mean, uh, you know, some very, very disturbing things were said. Whether that apology is enough, it's, it's a good first step, but um, I, I, I think this is uh, a very difficult situation. NHLPA is is getting involved, um, but the other part of that is that he's going to take part in uh, the uh, NHLPA um, assistance program. Uh, So I think that is a, a second good step for him. Former Montreal Canadiens forward Nate Thompson has announced his retirement. Uh, he spent parts of two seasons here in Montreal. Bit of a journeyman, though. Uh, bottom six forward uh, seemed like someone that was always very well liked by his teammates and a lot of the media. So congratulations to him on a long 15-year NHL career. Uh, in On his Twitter, uh, Nate says, From the time I was four until age 38, hockey has been my life and my best friend. I am beyond grateful and thankful for all the great people I've met and friendships I've made. All good things must come to an end, so thank you to all who supported me along this journey. Um, Yeah, Nate was a a great guy, a great teammate. 
Um, a season and a half for the Canadians, played 88 games, uh, and he finishes his career with 844 games played in the NHL. So on that note, uh, we'll take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Coming up, we'll hear from our sponsors, DraftKings. And then during our big topic segment, we have an exclusive interview with Marty Biron. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casinos at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg requisite for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella. You can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can find him on Twitter at Rocket Sports. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcasting app so that you never miss a single episode. If you have missed any episodes, you can check out the website canadiansconnection.fm. And uh, this is going to be a really awesome big topic segment. As I said, Marty Biron is going to hop into the studio relatively soon for an exclusive interview. Uh, and he's going to talk about goaltending. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens are currently in a rebuild. Uh, Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes have promised to improve and modernize each part of the organization. And uh, that includes goaltending. Goaltending at one point uh, in Montreal was a strength, but uh, I think we're past those days. And no real predecessor to Carey Price in sight. Uh, Marty Biron is a former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with TSN, RDS, and MSG. And he's going to join uh, the, the uh, Canadians Connection podcast uh, to discuss uh, what Montreal has in terms of goaltending and outline the path to uh, to returning the key piece of the team to its former to its former glory and uh, rick are you excited to have marty in the studio absolutely we're very fortunate uh, to have him um he's been um on rocket sports podcast before we're happy to have him back again and and this is a really important area um, you know, as you said, uh, this is uh, this uh, revamping of the entire organization has to include goaltending, especially if you have such a rich, rich history of goaltending uh, that the Montreal Canadiens have. And we've seen 
um, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon, they've focused it, focused on um, improving development, on uh, building out their analytics department, and most recently uh, with respect to the medical staff. Um, we, we've heard them say that, that there isn't uh, an heir apparent uh, to the number one in-house, um, and so this is an area. Uh, so when we talk to, to Marty, we're going to be uh, sure to ask him about, you know, a, a blueprint for uh, creating uh, a, a positive goaltending department um, and ask him to take a look at uh, the current situation, um, especially in Montreal with three NHL contracts, Jake Allen, Sam Montembeau and Caden Primo. And uh, without any further ado, let's welcome Marty Biron to the studio. This week, Rick, uh, it is uh, my great pleasure to welcome back to the show. It's been a little bit since we've had a chance to catch up to him, uh, with him, and, and I'm certainly anxious for our conversation with him today. And it's none other than former NHL goaltender Marty Buran, Buffalo Sabres studio analyst for MSG, also a TSN analyst. Got lots of great uh, insight from him this, this year on Free Agency Frenzy, of course. And uh, we're very happy to have him back here on the show today. Marty, welcome. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, free agency uh, was kind of boring to a certain extent because <laughs> a little. Look, I, I think the GMs got a little smart and they didn't send spend all the, the crazy money that we've seen in the past year. So <laughs> I just sat in the back desk with uh, Gino Retta and Jimmy McLennan and I had a lot of snacks with me. So that, that worked out really good. <laughs> all right. That sounds like a good way to spend the day, yeah. quite frankly. Well, oh, yeah, and then after that, everybody heads out to the cottage. That's and, right. You know, it's Canada Day. So, uh, yeah, so that was uh, – I got my snacks in the day, and then I was able to uh, to enjoy the rest of uh, the day with my family. That was great. Well, some of our listeners are probably listening to this podcast at the cottage, and they probably have snacks and maybe a be- beverage. And uh, they want to hear from you all about um, – we're, we're here talking about the Montreal Canadiens. The Montreal Canadiens obviously in a rebuild – um, they're going through and revamping every part of the every aspect of the organization. Um, but here we're going to talk about uh, goaltending. And um, it just kind of struck me that, you know, if we're looking for a blueprint um, on how to build uh, a goaltending uh, unit uh, that will compete regularly in the Stanley Cup, I, th- I thought, okay, let's look at, you know, the last on ice action we saw, the Stanley Cup final. And, and what did we learn from that? We have two kind of very clash of styles, class of pay scales, Sergei Bobrovsky and, and Aiden Hill. Um, I wonder if you can just contrast uh, what we saw in, in the cup final and, and is there anything we can learn from that? Uh, well, there's definitely things that we can learn, uh, but I want to say let's be careful not to uh, have these strong conclusions uh, with wrong facts or ideas. Like the, the, the whole narrative that Aiden Hill was Vegas's fifth goalie uh, at the start of the season is, is wrong. He was not. He was the backup goaltender, but a very well-paid backup at over $2 million a year. So um, this is not a guy that's making $750,000 league minimum that doesn't have a lot of experience. He was a very capable NHL goaltender. So I hate the whole story like Aiden Hill was, was the fifth goaltender. No, he was not. Was, <laughs> was Aiden Hill uh, the preferred goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights? If you'd start the season and said, hey, we're going to be in the finals and who's, who's going to be our goalie? I think they probably would have liked to have Logan Thompson 
and Laurent Brossois because those were the two guys for most of the season. But uh, Aiden Hill did really good when he played. Um, and obviously, we can talk about his, his physical uh, abilities and what he brings to the ice. Uh, but he was he was a good goaltender. And Sergei Bobrovsky, on the other hand, people are going to say, well, it's not Bobrovsky that got the Florida Panthers in the playoffs. It's Alex Lyon. <laughs> and yeah, okay, I totally get that. But mm-hmm. without Bobrovsky, Florida doesn't, you know, get by the first round. They don't get by the, the Toronto series. They Like, he was a key factor in their success. So, yeah, maybe he didn't have the best of regular seasons, and maybe it's been a pattern for him the last you know, a little bit here, especially in Florida, but he's still a, 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 a quality goaltender that can all of a sudden turn hot, and that's what we saw in the playoffs. So maybe it boils down to this question, and that is, do you need a top-tier goaltender to win a Stanley Cup? I, I believe you do, and I, I really looked at, you know, not only my own preference, my eye test and saying, look, I want a Vasilevsky, I want a Shesterkin, I want a UC Saros, I want a guy like that in net to win the Stanley Cup. Now, it, there's a lot of other factors, right? I mean, your team defense, uh, how do you uh, sur- surround your goaltender? How do you play the your defensive zone structure and all of that? It plays a factor. But in the last six years, so let's take the 12 goaltenders that made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in the last six years. All right. Only five of the 12, and the two of them this year with Hill and Bobrovsky. So if you take this year out, only three of the 10 goaltenders prior to this season were outside of the top 20 in goal save above expectation in, per game in the NHL in the regular season. And those three goaltenders were Carey Price, who was 21st that year. And you could say, well, you know what? Carey Price is, is a better than, than top 20 goaltender in every mm-hmm. given year. It was Tukarask and Braden Holby. Everybody else was inside the top 20 in goal save above expectation per game. So they all had fantastic season, and they all deserve to be there. So for me, the, the whole narrative of, you don't need a really good goaltender. You can get by with just average. Um, it doesn't really work that way. Even Darcy Kemper, who last a year ago went you know, to the finals and, and won the cup with, with Washington, uh, not with Washington, um, against, against Tampa Bay, but Darcy Kemper with Colorado um, before going over to Washington, like he struggled in the playoffs, but in the regular season, he was seven in goal save above expectations. Like he was a top 10 goaltender. So for me, you need a top-tiered goaltender to win. Uh, if not, you're really rolling the dice and, and hoping for a chance there. So let me kind of jump in here and, and continue that looking at Vegas and, and Florida from, from the Stanley Cup final. The, the other two, thing in the, in, two things in the goaltending department that the two of them have in common is that they have a, a department dedicated to goaltending. They've got Sean Burke as the director of goaltending in Vegas. Roberto Luongo has a similar position and a similar kind of department that he's forming in in Florida as well. We know that Sean Burke, prior to taking his position with Vegas, essentially held the same position with Montreal when Mark Bergevin hired him a couple of years ago with the intent of, of starting kind of a goaltending department. Um, when Kent Hughes came in, he... he, he 
pretty efficiently dismantled that uh, and, and they haven't gotten back to that yet. So has the goaltending position and the technicality of it and just how much skill is required at this at this level to be a contender in the Stanley Cups uh, playoffs, is it big enough that it does really need its own department within NHL franchises with with multiple people and staff members, a director, on-ice personnel, and, and so on and so forth? I believe it does. I believe you need to have a department that not only looks as you're at your two goaltenders in the NHL and your two goaltenders in the American League and even possibly your two goaltenders in the East Coast Hockey League, but your college uh, you know, draft players, your Canadian juniors draft players, your uh, your uh, European goaltenders that, that are playing over there. Because the biggest thing for me is that trades and free agency does not equal success when you trade for big-name goaltenders usually or you sign a goaltender in the free agent market. All these these success stories, right? And I talked about the Saros, the Vasilevsky, the Shesterkin, the, the Price, um, you know, uh, the Tuko Rask, uh, even Braden Holby with the Washington Capitals. They were all developed in-house. They were all drafted, developed, mm-hmm. and, and it's hard for the goalie coach. Let's see the Montreal Canadiens' goalie coach is on the ice working with two goaltenders, doing pre-scouts and, and everything else, how do you spend time then making sure that the development is being done correctly, that the right things and the right steps are being done with your prospects? Because eventually those are the guys that will come on and will be able to fulfill the need that you have in net um, more than trading or signing a free agency, a free agent. So, so, I don't think that the goalie coach can do that. I don't think that the American goalie coach should do that because they have a a job to do. Um, Sometimes you have a goalie development coach, but who really sets the message? Who oversees the whole thing? Because from my experience, what I I think happened in Montreal, and it's happened in a lot of different organizations, is that one person says, we have to do it one way. Another person says we have to do it a different way. Another person says we have to do it a different way. And they're all independent contractors, right, in some sense. Um, you need somebody like a Sean Burke in Vegas or like a Roberto Luongo, or really it's uh, Francois Allaire that's also a part of the Florida Panthers goalie department, mm-hmm. um, that somebody up top has to give a direction. And then when everybody's going the same direction, you can really build on that. So development is huge. Uh, It's huge to sustain success over the years. And I believe that every team should have that goalie department laid out in the way that it needs to be laid out. Like uh, somebody can try it and it's not going to work. And they're going to say, well, that didn't work. Okay, did you do it the right way? There's a right way and a wrong way. Um, I believe the right way really um, will help teams, uh, you know, continue to develop goaltenders. You've mentioned Carey Price's name a, a couple of times already. Setting aside, of course, uh, LTIR restrictions established within the CBA, so maybe this is a question of of now versus later, but in talking about uh, creating a, and establishing a, a department of goaltending in Montreal, how do, you fit, how do you see maybe Carey Price fitting into that kind of a role either now or down the road? Well, it's interesting because, number one, like I don't know if Carey Price wants to do this. I know that he's been involved with many different... Uh, goalie websites and goalie coaches 
um, for the last few years explaining why he do he does certain drills and why he was doing certain things the way that he did it. So maybe he has a desire, but I will say this. Um, most people that get into goalie coaching or goalie schools or goalie development, they realize quickly that's a lot of work. So do you want to put in the work, right? <laughs> do you, like, Kerry's got a young family. He probably yeah. wants to spend time with his kids and, and enjoy that. And a lot of times when you're 10 years removed from the game and you try to come back in the game, it's a little bit more difficult. But but maybe because he's Carey Price and he has obviously the, the name and uh, recognition and all of that, maybe he can do it. Um, so I don't know if Carey wants to do it. I think he'd be pretty good at it uh, because his attention to details over the last mm-hmm. many, many years that I've watched him. I remember going to Hamilton when he played with the Bulldogs. My yeah. brother was on that team when they won the Calder Cup. And I would go in the playoffs and, and watch him in practice and watch him in game. And he was just out of the juniors, right? And he came in for the end of the season in the playoffs. And I'm yep. like, this guy, he has the details down. He knows mm. exactly what he's doing. And he was a student at the game and always was. So, uh, yeah, he could probably do it and do it well. It's just a matter of, well, does he have the time and desire to do it? But <laughs> I could see teams calling and saying, hey, uh, you know, if it's not the Canadians, um, when you're – contract runs out because we know that he wouldn't be able to work with another team right now but when your contract runs out do you want to do it and maybe he does so um thinking about goaltenders and um their their characteristics um i want to ask you does size matter uh, that that <laughs> sensitive question and um you know you have um a guy like kevin woodley within goal saying there's a sweet spot for goaltenders kind of 63 215 220 um, and some organizations, and we've heard this about the Canadians, they don't like to draft any any goaltender below six six two or thereabouts. Um, and we've seen, well, in the you, you talked about Aiden Hill. He's kind of a, a, a shot blocker style, big goaltender. Yeah. He gets in the way of a lot of pucks. Um, and and even young goaltenders coming up, uh, Yaroslav Askarov at six four, uh, Jesper Walstead six three. But on the other hand, you're familiar with uh uh, very familiar with a goaltender who's not of that size. Devin Levi is six foot or barely that. Yep. Uh, Dustin Wolf, one of the best goaltenders in the AHL, in and around the same size. Um, what what is what is there something to this goaltender and size um, question? It's part of the criteria, right? Like size is always something that you have to consider. Uh, but there's many other factors, right? Like I, I really like Jeremy Swayman as a goaltender. He's six foot two. So when you put the size and you say, well, six to okay, but what else does he do? Is he a very athletic goaltender? Does he have incredible leg strength, core strength, flexibility, athleticism? Uh, how does he play the depth, right? Like some smaller goaltenders can't play deep, but do you have good reaction uh, times? And so it's part of the um, one of the criteria size is. I look at length more than actual weight. Like for me, a goalie that's 225 or a goalie that's 195, it doesn't really matter, right? I, because I think with equipment, you can look bigger. I mean, I played the game. I was 170 pounds <laughs> and I had re- like regular sized equipment uh, and, and legal sized equipment, but I could, I could look as big as a 220, 225 goaltender <laughs> in that because of the way that you wear your gear. And so there's some of that. 
Um, but when you get to be smaller than 6'3", 6'2", 6'3", then you need to excel at something. UC Soros is a small goaltender, yeah. but he's extremely fast. He's, he excels at lateral speed. He excels at reaction time. He excels at athleticism. So he's overcoming the size issue by excelling at, at something else. Devin Levi is very similar. I think of Levi as very much like your Ciceros. He excels at speed. He excels at athleticism. So then the size doesn't become a problem or a factor. But there is six foot one, six foot two goaltenders that don't excel. And then they're a little bit behind, right? And they maybe are good in juniors or college and maybe even good at the American League. But at the NHL, you struggle. So when I played, six foot, six foot one was like the sweet spot. And then it got to about six two, right? Like towards the end of my career, you're like, okay, six two is a good height. I think we're getting more to the six three, six three and a half now. Mm. But I don't think it's going to continue to to get taller and taller because <laughs> I think when you get to six five, six six, six seven, again. You have to have something to excel at to compensate for sometimes being tall and lanky and full of holes. So that to me is, is why size, I look at it, but it's not a determining factor. And the end, it's, it's one of the factors, but not the factor. So now we turn to the current situation for the Montreal Canadiens and going into the fall. Um, so far, uh, without any moves over the summer, we have Jake Allen and Sam Montembeau as the tandem um, going in. And um, and I think Amy will add another goaltender in a minute. But mm-hmm. but just focusing on Allen and Montembeau, um, uh, Jake Allen, is uh, he, he's under a new contract, gets a bit of a, a bump in his salary this, this season. Um, Sam Montembeau had probably his best season last year. Um, the numbers were kind of, um, you know, iffy, but, but, uh, you, you've talked about the goal saved above expectation and there he excelled. He was, I think, top 15 in, in the NHL. Um, so how do you see, how do you see those two goaltenders, uh, managing workload and, 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 you know, working in this situation where, you know, wins aren't necessarily a priority yet. It's all about the development uh, of the younger players. But but how can they be the you know the the last line of defense uh, for the upcoming season? Well, again, I, I look at other factors when I try to evaluate goaltenders and where they're going to be. And the development curve is big for me. Like, are you continuing to develop? Or are you starting to plateau? And you look at Samuel Montembeau, and over the last three years, I I really feel that his development curve keeps going up like he keeps getting better and he keeps getting more comfortable and he keeps adjusting his game last season he made some big adjustment in the way that he played the game he stayed a little deeper he's a six foot three goaltender right like he's not big but he still has length and using that length to his advantage well he played a little deeper and and it it fit the style that i think he has to play with so so for me Sam Montembeau is still developing, but he's getting to that level now where the Canadians should say, we have to test him as our number one goaltender. We have to give him the ball and and see where it goes. Because with Jake Allen, what you're getting is you're getting a a veteran backup, in my opinion, a good 1B, 
right? But yep. who's going to be your guy? Who's going to be the guy that you can build for the future? And again, when it comes to development, and I know Caden Primo a little bit. I mean, obviously, I know his dad, Keith. And, and I remember being told when Caden was 14 years old and 13 years old, like, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. And he's extremely good. But I feel like his development has plateaued. It has plateaued over the last two years. It, it has not continued up the graphic, right? The line has not continued up. It has plateaued. So if there's one guy with the Canadian right now that you, can, you should focus on and you should see some up, optimism for the future is Montembeau. And I, after the world championship last year, the season that he had, to me, this is the guy you have to, to build around and see if it's going to work. And you can't do that for the next two, three years uh, because you may pass your, your time with him. But you have to look at now and see if it's going to work and make a decision by this season then. It's interesting uh, what the comment that you just made about Caden Primo, because as soon as you began to talk about examining a, a goaltender's development curve, I, I underlined Caden's name on my, on my yeah. notes, because what you said is exactly that. It's, um, you know, Caden Primo has, has done decently well for himself in the AHL when he's had a, a strong defense in front of him, but it's that transition to the NHL that has really been his big obstacle that he can't seem to, to master and find success at, you know, you look at other goaltenders that are kind of at the same age and situation as, as him as having some good success in the AHL and, and transitioning maybe successfully like an Akira Schmid, uh, Akira Schmid for, for New Jersey and that yep. type of thing. So, for, I guess this is kind of a two-part question for you. First of all, uh, you know, as far as as Caden Primo goes and his, what are you seeing as his hiccups in terms of tr that transition to the NHL game, coupled with, in terms of the goaltending depth for the Canadians this year, this is the first year that Primo will be waiver eligible. Do you think that is going to be a concern for Montreal? Could he get claimed? And and even if he does, is it? Is it something they should be worried about? Uh, no, I don't think they should be worried about. I got my NHL goalie depth chart right now, and, I mean, it's full. It's full. Like, I can't fit another goalie anywhere on this list, right? <laughs> and that's why you see guys like Thomas Grice retiring because he's mm -hmm. like, well, I mean, I there's there's no more chairs. The musical chair game, <laughs> actually, we added multiple chairs because a lot of teams are saying, well, we're going to use three goalies this year. We may use four and we may use five, like, We've seen the Ottawa Senators use eight last year or whatever it was. Um, that's not something a team wants to do, but there's no more chairs in that game of musical chairs. So I don't think the Canadians are worried that they would lose Caden Primo uh, if they had to put him on waivers to send him to Laval. And, and when it comes to Caden Primo, maybe it's not his fault. Like, it's, it's very hard um, when you have development years you know, your first, second, third season pro hockey as a goaltender, especially as a goaltender, you need to play. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to play and play a lot of games. Well, in this second year where he was supposed to take a step forward was the 2020-2021 season that obviously was the, the pandemic year. And he only played like, what, a, a, a dozen and a half games in the American League that mm -hmm. year? Uh, his first year pro got stopped because of the COVID uh, pandemic. Um, so his first two years pro were very much affected 
by the pandemic. And it affected more goaltenders than it affected players. And so, unfortunately for Caden Primo, that's what happened. But I also think that I watch Caden Primo play, and I think that there's big, big deficiencies in his game. Um, I, I don't think he's got the NHL speed. So maybe he's had good success at the AHL level, but then he gets to the NHL, and I think the speed is very, very evident that it's lacking. And I think he lacks athleticism too. Now people are going to say, oh, he's made some very athletic saves where he dives around or whatever. That's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking mm -hmm. about body control. I'm talking about being able to explode one way, and then all of a sudden you have to plant an edge, you have to have body control, and you explode the other way. Like I feel like so many times we see Caden Primo where he pushes one direction, and if the play's there, he's going to be in, in the right position. But if the play moves to another location, it takes a while for him to get there. So that's where the speed and the athleticism of goaltending is important. And I think he's, he's behind in these two fronts. So you mentioned, uh, and, and first I want to say that we really appreciate your time. And uh, this has been uh, some great insight. Um, but I have one more question for you. And you mentioned your goalie book. And I want to get your get you to get your goalie book out and tell yes. us about uh, a goalie who's playing junior A um, hockey in Kempville. And oh. uh, <laughs> and his and, and the way he uh, is similar or maybe different from the way his dad played goal. Um, uh, he's very much different. So, yeah, my son Jacob, who uh, <laughs> um, was it, it, funny enough, you talk about and and this this is a message, a PSA, public safety announcement uh, to parents that think that their kids need to be playing AAA at nine or ten or go to the brick tournament, and if they don't go to the brick tournament, they're not going to make the NHL, they're not going to play college, they're not going to play junior hockey. Um, my son played goalie in his early years, and then when he was 11, he, come, he came to me right before the season. He goes, Dad, I want to be a, a player this year. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then he's, he's going to be his first peewee year, like peewee minor year. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, I want to be a player. So he played like house and like select, right? Like, because he was a player. And then wow. major, he's like, I'm going to be a, a goalie again. And I'm like, well, how can you be a goalie again now? <laughs> you, you, you know, so he played again house and select as a Wee major. When all the kids his age that, you know, and all the parents are like, oh, we have to be on the AAA team because we want to be going to the Quebec Wee tournament and all of that. He was coming off of a, you know, a year as a player, a year of house. And then his band of minor year, he was playing like double A hockey, um, and I remember we used to get our butt whipped all over the place when we would go into Ontario or go to Detroit or whatever. And, but he kept, he, he kept developing and he kept having a goal in front of him and he kept saying, I want to play college hockey. Right. And it wasn't, I want to be division one. It was, I want to play college hockey. I don't care where it is and what it is. So he continued to push. He continued to get better. And really the year that he was as a player helped him because he worked on skating and edge work, and then he became a really good puck handling goaltender. I was, I thought I was pretty good at handling the puck, um, <laughs> and I made a lot of mistakes. But he's really good at handling the puck. He's got size. He's got length. He's a hockey nerd like I was. So <laughs> he's doing really well. And last year, he took a chance, and and really the Kimville Seventy Threes took a big chance on him. And he got to play a lot of games and had a really good season. And he's going back this year and he's excited for it. But 
yeah, I keep telling parents like he, my son got didn't make it to the New York State camp, right? He he did the regional camp, and then that he didn't get called back to the New York State USA hockey camp, or he didn't make the national camp, and it was always like a list of of I don't want to call him failure, but challenges. Mm-hmm. He always had big challenges in front of him, and he always got up the next day and worked hard, and that is. One of the life lessons he's going to learn through hockey is because he didn't have it easy, but he also could appreciate every step of the way. And now he's definitely enjoying junior hay hockey in the CCHL, traveling to, you know, Pembroke and Cornwall and, <laughs> and Brookville and, uh, and, you know, Ottawa and all of it. And uh, he's, he's really enjoying it. It's great. Thanks for asking. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I get to go and travel and, see him once in a while because it's only like five hours, six hours away drive from Buffalo. So I'll go up one of these days and catch a game and drive back. And I get to enjoy that too. Well, that's a great story and and great advice as well. Absolutely. Congratulations to him and, and to you. I'm sure uh, it's, it's fun being a proud hockey dad as well. Well, it's fun being a proud hockey dad. I wasn't a crazy hockey dad. I kind of sat in the corner and did my thing, but (laughs) you, you ask how he was different than I was. Uh, he's he's quicker. He's more athletic. Uh, he skates better. He plays the puck better. Uh, he's got more fire in him. I was a very mellow goaltender and just like was like, ah, eh, whatever. I gave up five today. No worries. I'll stop him all tomorrow. Right. Uh, he's got he's got his mom's fire in him and uh it, it boils up sometimes so it's so we're gonna see some fun. goalie it, fights or i don't know he, <laughs> he 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 may want to get into one or two and i told him be careful because we think we're tough and i found out the hard way by trying to be tough against ray emery and ray kind of like mm. you know put me down like i was uh not even worthy of being in the same fight with him. So, uh, and so Matt I Cook wasn't there in a, very careful. Oh, what, yeah, wasn't there Matt an incident with Matt Cook? Yeah, Matt Cook too. Yeah, <laughs> Matt Cook and I we went way back to our days in the American League. He played in Syracuse and I was in Rochester, and we used to play twelve times against one another. And then he was in Vancouver one year, and I was with Buffalo, and uh, we were down six to one. I still remember second period in Vancouver. And um, I decided to go after him in the corner. But I, I, listen, I had Rob Ray. I had all these tough guys on my team. I was, I was able to act tough because I had all this backup. To That's right. <laughs> That's great. Well, we have, not only did we get great uh, current modern uh, NHL goaltending insight today, we got some great stories from Marty Baranzio. It's, uh, it's, that's, that's a gold win for us. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I love, you know what? It's funny because sometimes you almost forget the stories. And then, you know, like as you guys are bringing up Matt Cook, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember when <laughs> I went in the corner and, and gave him a couple of blockers. Now, funny enough, in today's rules, like those blocker shots that we used to give back in the days, they're not allowed anymore. Like it's a five in a game. As soon as you give a, yeah. a blocker yeah. punch, you're, you're getting tossed out. And we saw that in the, in, in the season this year. So I wouldn't be able to do that anymore. <laughs> well, we, uh, as Rick said, I will echo his sentiment that we can't thank you enough for taking some time to chat with us uh, today. Our listeners are going to very much enjoy uh, the insight you provided today. And uh, we can't wait to invite you back again on the Canadians Connection podcast sometime soon, Marty, to, uh, to chat with you again. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. And uh, enjoy the summer, the off season. And, uh, 
We're gearing up for a great year this year. I think it's going to be a fun hockey season. It was fun last year. And I think this year is going to be even better. Yeah, I agree. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Well, that was fabulous. Um, Marty, he, he, he knows goaltending. Um, he knows the NHL. Um, he, he does have, we talked about, uh, his, his big goaltending book. Um, and he has notes on, on every goaltender. Um, he knows the situation inside out as well. He has a special tie with, uh, with Quebec, uh, with Montreal. So he pays particular, uh, attention to the Montreal Canadiens. And, uh, that was an incredible, uh, amount of insight on the league and then about the uh, goaltending situation in particular for the Montreal Canadiens going forward. So a big thanks from all of us to Marty Buron for taking the time to chat with us and uh, lend all his amazing insights. Uh, Like you said, if there's anything he knows, it's goaltending and it's hockey, a very knowledgeable guy. And uh, honestly, it's great that we had uh, an opportunity to talk to him specifically about the Montreal Canadiens, the situation here in Montreal. And with uh, before we head into our third se- third segment, uh, the Have Your Say segment, we will ask our our Canadians Connection question of the week: Are you worried about the potential of losing Caden Primo on waivers this season? We want to make sure we hear from you. And uh, with that, uh, let's take our final break here. Uh, we'll hear from our sponsors. Uh, stay with us. This is uh, the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team visit habshockeyreport.com and click the join our team tab today in every city around the world sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints some good grub and to cheer for their team think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Or perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. The Rocket Sports Media team has what you're looking for at THN.com slash Montreal. The place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. That's THN.com slash Montreal. Welcome back to episode 253 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can check out our website, canadiansconnection.fm. Also, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. It's 5853-ROCKET. That's 5853-ROCKET. 
And uh, what a great interview with Marty Buron. That was an amazing uh, thing to listen back to and hear all those amazing insights. And uh, goaltending is just one step in this long offseason. And Rick, it's uh, very difficult to keep track of these Montreal Canadiens, isn't it? It is, but that's what we're here for, and we're here all summer. And 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 listen, we're um, reaching out to to guests to try and get you prepared for the upcoming season. You heard Marty Baron; he ended uh, our discussion by saying he's really excited about this upcoming NHL season uh, for the NHL in in uh, overall, but particularly the Montreal Canadiens. And I think. Man, if you didn't get fired up by that interview, um, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what I can say because uh, that should get you excited about. We talked last week about the influx of of prospects that are going to be in Laval. Uh, we talked about the changes uh, to the Canadians lineup, and um, we talked about uh, with Marty Baron the the building out of of uh, the goaltending department for the Canadians. Lots of exciting, lots of exciting things uh, to come. And again, only seven and a half weeks away from rookie camp. So over those seven and a half weeks and even into the next season, uh, make sure you're checking out THN.com slash Montreal, uh, where you can find all our Canadians coverage in one place, including uh, headlines, uh, feature articles, amongst other things. That's uh, your number one source for everything Montreal Canadians. Also, want to head over to our YouTube channel and uh, search at all Habs. Hit that subscribe button because every single Thursday, Amy Johnson puts out uh, episodes of the Habs Hockey Report show. Uh, The most recent episode is entitled Why Alex Newhook's Contract is a Win for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, She's great at interacting with all her viewers. Uh, She provides great knowledge and uh, great analysis. So you'll definitely want to tune into that. Just make sure you hit subscribe, hit the like button, and leave a comment. Uh, Amy Johnson is great at responding to all the comments. Also, uh, some of you may have noticed that uh, we've started putting this podcast, the Canadians Connection podcast, into our feed on YouTube. So every single Tuesday, you're going to find this podcast pop up there. Uh, You'll see some amazing graphics. I believe they're done by Amy Johnson. Uh, So if you're interested in listening and watching something, that's a great way to do it. Uh, If this podcast in its current form wasn't enough, uh, head over to YouTube, uh, watch it again. Uh, You'll have all sorts of great uh, information there and just remember hit that subscribe button and you can find it by searching at all habs also make sure you subscribe to both rocket sports radio podcasts on your favorite podcasting app first and foremost on tuesday the press zone comes out you can find all the episodes at the press that's hosted by amy johnson and patrick williams uh, they're both great at providing in-depth uh, knowledge on the ahl uh, canadians prospects and uh Honestly, this is just a really great listen. So if you're interested in what's happening in Laval, if you're interested in knowing more about all the Montreal Canadiens prospects, that's the best source for you to find out. And this podcast, The Canadians Connection, you can find all our episodes at canadiansconnection.fm. If you have missed any, uh, we're going to be here every single Saturday throughout this busy offseason to provide great interviews like the one we just had with Marty Biron, great analysis, uh, news and updates. So while some of your other favorite podcasts and radio stations are taking a break from hockey, We don't rest. We don't go on vacation. We'll be here every single Saturday. Don't you worry, and you'll be able to get your full dose of the Montreal Canadiens right here. 
And take us with you, as Marty said. Um, you can go to the cabin, you can go to the lake, uh, take the Canadians Connection podcast. And while you're enjoying snacks, enjoying a beverage, uh, you know, sit back and, and make sure you, d- you don't miss anything about the Canadians uh, over the summer. That's what we're here for. And you're able to um, dial us up on your favorite podcast app or, as you said, even on YouTube. And uh, Rocket Sports is recruiting. Uh, So if you're interested in joining the Rocket Sports team, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, I was once in this position where I was looking to to gain some uh, experience in podcasting and uh, learn a little bit about it. And uh, now I'm your host pretty much every week. Uh, So I definitely recommend uh, joining Rocket Sports as a team. It's a a great family. Uh, We have all sorts of amazing members to chat hockey with. Uh, We... we, uh, recruit every single year and uh, Rick what else can you tell us about this well if you're interested go to HabsHockeyReport.com HabsHockeyReport.com there's uh uh, join our team tab. Hit the join our team tab, and uh, there's some information we ask from you: um, what your interests are, uh, what your experience is, and you can submit that, and we'll get back to you right away. And uh, listen, whether it's uh, you want experience in uh, podcasts, if you want to contribute uh, via the written form. Um, if you want to help us out on social media, uh, lots of different ways you can uh, uh, enjoy and co- connect with fellow uh, Habs fans. We have got we have a great Rocket Sports team, and now we have the opportunity for some of our members to contribute uh, on the hockey news. Uh, so it's it's a really uh, great opportunity for you to get involved uh, and to uh, and and to learn something while you're at it. Absolutely. So definitely recommend it if you have interest to reach out to us and uh, we'll have a little conversation with you. And uh, our Canadians Connection question of the week, as I said a few times earlier on the show, uh, we want to ask this to our listeners. Are you worried about the potential of losing Caden Primo on waivers this season? Uh, You heard uh, all sorts of insights from Marty Biron in uh, the second segment during the interview about Caden Primo. Uh, We want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on this? Make sure you reach out. And uh, for those who missed it, our uh, Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET. Yeah, and this is an issue this year because it's the first year uh, that Caden Primo has lost his waiver-exempt status, subject to waivers. So if the Canadians try to send him to Laval, he's there uh, for uh, other teams uh, to to grab. Uh, should the Canadians be worried about that? Um, you know, do you think that he'll make it through waivers and get to the Laval? Um, we want to hear from you and uh, and. By all the methods we've mentioned, uh, reach out to us. Uh, throughout the weeks, we do have plenty of our listeners reach out to us and send us all sorts of great messages and comments and uh, many different varieties. And uh, we like to sometimes point out some of those great messages. Uh, this one uh, comes from Luke, Lucas and NDG Quebec, and he's responding to Canadians Connection episode 252. And Rick, what did he have to say? Yeah, Lucas uh, in NDG, Notre Dame de Grasse, a neighborhood in, in Montreal, I'm familiar with um, because uh, that's where I went to work every day at LCC um, before I was doing this. Uh, and what he says, Lucas uh, says, and, and he's um, uh, this is in response to uh, the Habs Prospects uh, episode of the Canadians Connection 252. Uh, he says, I watched 
Yessa Ulinen a lot in Laval. He's very skilled. With more ice time, I think he could be a breakout player in Montreal this year. Tell me what his contract's going to look like. Um, uh, do you want to go first on this one, or 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 do you want me to to tackle this? <laughs> I'll I'll let you tackle this one first, and then I'll chime in after. Sure. Um, I think uh, uh, first of all, why is it taking so long? Let's let's get it done, uh, Kent. And um, I think it's going to be in the neighborhood of a two-year contract, uh, nine hundred thousand, you know, eight fifty nine hundred thousand thereabout thereabouts hopefully it's a one way for both seasons and and that would put him it, it would come in in between the contracts we know Michael Pozzetta got a new contract uh for two years at 812,000 Raphael Harvey Panar got a two-year contract at 1.1 million I think it's going to come in in between those two players yeah, uh, I think that's probably about right. Uh, I wonder if what's holding this up is if uh, Yessa Ulanen's pushing for that one-way deal. Um, and uh, money-wise, uh, I think in and around what you said, I, I don't know that uh, Yessa Ulanen will quite get to that uh, one million status like Harvey Pinard, but uh, a little bit less uh, and uh, a short-term deal. One, two years, uh, just enough to prove himself, and uh, he'll get an opportunity to establish himself as a player and then uh, renegotiate for a brand new contract. Yeah. So uh, in between this and next episode uh, throughout the week, uh, make sure you're watching out for that uh, RFA signing of uh, Yessa Ulanen, uh, like we just talked about. Uh, as uh, we were waiting for this last week, hasn't uh, quite happened yet, so we're going to roll this into next week as well. And uh, for those in Montreal, uh, the Fantasia Film Festival is currently on. It's going to feature a Nicolas Cage tribute, but uh, unfortunately, uh, Nicolas Cage will no longer be able to be present at this film festival. But uh, for those who enjoy films and uh, local art, uh, definitely check out that Fantasia Film Festival in Montreal. Great tip. Uh, so that's going to be a, a wrap for us today. Uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Make sure you also share on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, July the 29th for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports.